0: Lord, thank you, Lord yes. God, Lord, we bow in your presence and we thank you, Lord, you're the one that provided your son, Jesus, you're the one that provided your blood, Holy Ghost, you're the one that provided the opportunity,
1: <laughs>
0: oh Lord, thank you. This great salvation. Oh Lord, we look forward to coming home when we're done. Lord, we'll spend the ages with you. Thank you. In the meantime, Lord, let this be given to our sanctification and our consecration, Lord, and our dedication the work, and to the war, and to being a witness to this world, we love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name, all the Lord's people said, thank the Lord, everybody that does love the Lord, say amen, amen, amen. amen. well our hearts are full and I don't trust myself to begin saying thank you. we'd leave somebody out and uh, it don't feel good to be excluded my heart's just full so thank you Pastor Henderson for having this meeting thank you Pastor Henderson's family the price you pay Behind the scene, nobody else understands that, but pastors and preachers and their families. Thank you for the price you pay behind the scene. Thank you, Harvest Baptist Church and all the laborers and givers therein that make this week possible. And Thank the Lord for our out-of-town
2: friends.
0: Some of you, what you pour into the meeting, we wouldn't have it. You didn't put into it what you do. And thank the Lord for it. Hadn't the Lord just been good to us? Bless the Lord. Thank the Lord. Glory. Every service been heaven sent. Every service has had the fluttering of the dove wings over it. Every service. Thank the Lord for Brother Chris Hanks. God sent him out west twenty years ago that brought me that brought Brother Henderson thank the Lord and uh, I'm so glad I get to come out and be a little part of a big thing I bless the Lord I bless the Lord mm. thank the Lord boy he's ushered us into these inner chambers hasn't he? camp meetings different than Bible conference Bible conference you I had one every January, and you're supposed to sit down under. I'd bring in two great Bible teacher preachers and sit down. We wouldn't and sing. And we'd try not to shout, but we never could pull that last one off. <laughs> one night I told her, I, I, I told him, "Now listen, would you?" And uh, it was so rich, it was so thick. I said, "We're, we're not even going to fellowship." sit down let's have the and old brother Ralph Coleman stood up and he tried to go into Hebrews and he read Hebrews 1-1 which says God and and his voice cracked he said God and and when he did it God said what and and the Lord stepped in and we couldn't help ourselves. Twenty minutes later, we did not calm down. Bless the Lord. Thank the Lord. Got to be brokenness. Got to be suffering for these things to come to about. They don't teach that in Bible college. And I thank the Lord for it. I got some friends here, and I don't want you all to meet. Uh, uh, John and Jessica, these are Florida friends going all the way back. Y'all stand up for a minute. These are old friends. Uh, all of you stand up. Stand up, Stephanie. We're going to find you a husband tonight. There's some boys here. <laughs> There's some boys here from Nebraska that have been this tall, skinny. we talk to him after church. He's a good boy. But these are old friends. And I preached for his daddy and I, her mom and daddy, some of our most precious friends, Danny and Joyce, four acre. And they are new to the area. We were Florida friends going back to the 90s. And uh, Brother Henderson, they're in uh, Salina. They've just moved out here to be the associate pastor. And uh, old friends snuck in on me tonight. And we knew them before them girls got here. And the old friends. Thank the Lord for it. Thank y'all. I wanted y'all to meet them. And uh, uh, you show up in Kansas and don't know anybody else knows anything about old time religion in the know you pastors and people they, they snuck in so I'm glad we'll be at Brother Langston's next month and, uh, next week Brother Hanks is preaching for Brother Rudd we need to pray for that meeting and it uh, turns out every May I go to this little little strange Stamford place in Nebraska over there there's a North Carolina preacher married to a West Virginia woman y'all ought, ought to go see that thing sometime in full operation it's something there and these little dow kids running everywhere you're just everywhere they come up from out from underneath stuff and fall over on the top of stuff two of them coming in on the side amen amen thank god they're precious but the lord's been good to us won't you go to the book of luke the lord uh maybe escort us out of this meeting with the first time in the meeting, a practical message, but very spiritual that the Lord will help us. I'd like for you to still be here next year. I'd like for you to still be in this thing come Christmas. Christmas, my favorite Roman Catholic holiday.
2: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Hey, Amen. I'm against it all, but boy, I partake it every. Amen. Thank the Lord. I want you to still be here. I want to still be here. Amen, Ain't nobody here need to be thinking that they stand. Take heed if you think you stand. Lest you fall. Thank the Lord. Oh my. I'd like you to still be in this thing. And uh me and, me and Brother Chris and his cousin, Brother Scott, we're all 50 this year. And uh, Brother Dave Kelly, we're, we're a whole phase behind you. But I appreciate you blazing the trail. Oh, appreciate you leaving some markers on the tree. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate said I can run right through a path that's already been cleared. <laughs> And I'm 50, but I'd like to make it through another quarter century and get on up there around between 70 and 80, right in the middle of the extended mercy. And I don't want to be fallen during that time. Most apostasy does not take place in your youth. It takes place in your, in your later years. David Samuel was when he was older. Solomon's apostasy was when he was older we all hollering at the young people ahead, that ain't where you, you misdirected ahead. that message That's I had enough sense when I was a teenager to know the teenagers didn't have problems <laughs> I was a teenage preacher boy and they'd come preach a youth meeting I would sayI'd be glad to if they had anything to deal with but if you don't mind I'll talk to the ones that are the real problems that would be all the adults yeah. want you to fall. The Lord help us. Will be in this chapter. Thank God. Feel like shouting for heaven. Yeah. Thank the Lord. I'm glad I never had to get over religion. I really never did. Never had to be retrained. Amen. Never had to get broke from Bible college. Me and brother Chris, we broke our Bible college. I don't know if it was a year that you, you had me preach. Only once a year they let a student preach. <clears throat> Brother Hanks was in charge of student body president. And uh, I was going to run for it, but they said I had too many demerits. <laughs> I thought like I'd just be the friend of the student body president. <laughs> the Lord, they called me in that office. And the dean of students and the dean of the men called me in that office. And they said, if we could, we would let you preach. But they had one problem. Dr. Bob Gray was old time religion. (laughs) He brought in Ed Ballou, Lester Roloff, Jack Howes, Tom Malone, Ed Ballou. He brought in Harold Seitler. He brought in Billy Kelly. The year I graduated, Billy Kelly they gave him an honorary doctor. That old bear hunting hog hunting old timey mountain preacher he sat right in front of me I could have reached over and patted his head the way the seating arrangement was and that old time religion dr. Bob Gray cut his teeth out at Camp Zion there's a message he preached only preached one time somebody one of my friends found a photograph of dr. Bob Gray and dr. Percy Ray standing on the front porch Right after he preached the message, boxes, bottles, and books at the judgment seat of Christ. Never preached it before. Never preached it again. And Billy Kelly, they put a uh, they put a cap on him that night. And when they had done the tassel, honorary doctorate for that old timey preacher. When they turned his tassel over, he took that thing. What was there, brother Chris? Three thousand people. Everybody come to see all the graduates. He took that thing and he's Flung it like a, up uh, yeah like a frisbee. Thank y'all. Big words stumped me. You get longer than three syllables, I get. To, I just took that. He took that thing and he, whoosh, he said, How you like me now, mama? <laughs> I think that.
2: that thing done it. It went on out way out in the
0: crowd somewhere. Yes sir. How you like me now, mama? <laughs> I would say that may be the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. We were sitting there that week with Brother Billy Kelly and this girl from New York, and he smelled the Yankee on her, and so he zeroed in on her. And she had a cough and a sniffle, and she was coughing and sniffling. And I uh, can't remember her name, Brother Chris, but she's a sweet young lady, tall, Let's go down to the rescue mission with us sometime. And she was coughing. Brother Kelly's sitting there. We was all gathered around him. I mean, you could get, a lot of people could get around him. And, uh, amen. Y'all do know skinniness is a condition and God will help you with that if you'll ask him. Langston. And, uh, he said, young lady, I can help you with that cough. He said, You leave the service tonight, go by the drugstore, the pharmacy. And He said, you go in there and you get you a bag of lemon candy and a a pint of honey and a jar of hard whiskey. (laughs) And he said, uh, a bottle of it. He said, you go home and you get in a rocking chair. We was all gathered in. Some of them boys were serious about being preacher boys. They were taking notes. And uh, he said, uh, he said, honey, you got to sit in a rocking chair by the window for this remedy to work. It's an old-timey remedy. He said, and you take your bag with all your ingredients, he said, and you, and you reach over and raise that window. He said, you toss out the honey and the candy and drink all that whiskey, and you'll not even know you was ever sick, child. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody laughed at was. I don't know if she done it or not, but <laughs> probably helped her religion a little bit. Amen. Oh, brother Billy Kelly. And they called me in the office and I never went, to Brother Chris, and they said uh, uh they said, We're Bob Jones people. This is not a camp meeting college. When you get in there, don't you get that service stirred up? That's what the two men told me. I was respectful. I was quiet. Mainly just because I couldn't think of anything at the time to <laughs> say back. They, and they, <clears throat> they said, that, That's what I said. This is a Bob Jones. Well, the staff was Bob Jones, but Dr. Gray wasn't. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> they said, Don't you get in there and stir anything. And and they never come in, those. The staff wouldn't come in that one service for that one. Well, and they said, we'll be watching it. One of them sat in the back on the bottom floor, and the other one sat up in the chapel in the back. But the text God had given me was John 11 when Lazarus was raised from the dead. And my immediate, the direct text was loose him and let him go. <laughs> Unwrapping them grave clothes loose him and let him go and I just preached it like the Lord had put it in the Bible and like the Lord had put it in my heart and God loosed me and let me go and God loosed that service and let it go and all they could do was harumph (laughs) (laughs) and they harumphed by themselves in the bottom back corner and the top back corner I ain't one of those men found him messing with all the girls and he's out of the ministry today talk to me well I said one of those men when they found out he was messing with half the girls in the college they had to fire
2: him
0: the other man went to pastoring in North Carolina and God had me preach a revival right next to his church and half his church came God saved some of his kids out of his youth group and called two of his main boys to preach.
2: And they all went back
0: over there and bragged on what God had done. And he was forced to be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Then he resigned became a missionary. And you know what he'd done? He came to my camp meeting and humbled himself. And I honored him. Amen. And he honored me. And we honored each other. And we honored the Lord. Amen. And me and him are helping each other these days. I'm helping him in his missions. And he helps me in my missions. You ain't got to be mean. You ain't got to be vindictive. You ain't got to be shallow and fleshly. You better be full of the Holy Ghost. You'll have love, joy, and Peace gentleness, goodness, and meekness. You'll have faith and temperance. And you will love your enemies. And you will bless them that despitefully use you. And on down the road, if you get a chance, you won't take vengeance, but you'll take opportunity to love each other.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: That's right. Thank the Lord. I'm going to say this before I read this text. Y'all got a little... We're going to walk through this chapter. That'd be all right. The Lord, when that fire fell, I'm going to say something to the church, the ministry of Brother Henderson, what God's done in the ministry of Brother Langston, Brother Rudd, what you're hungering for to happen at your place, you other men, Brother Dow, what you're about, and, and, and Brother Ben, what you're facing, what you're walking into, and Brother Turner, your sweet spirit, you men of God when that fire falls and you can't do this without fire y'all are just looking at me you can do this without fire in Exodus 12 when that Passover lamb was slain two times he said that blood and that lamb roast with fire roast with fire roast with fire, roast with fire. Y'all ain't, I'm going to say it to you, help me, roast with fire. If your lamb meat ain't been roast with fire, it'll only kill people. Raw lamb will kill you. These mega churches don't even offer lamb raw or roast. What you get in there is, is possum guts picked up on the side of the ditch. Y'all ain't helping me. Rot gut what you're getting in the... They don't even have raw lamb. Right. Right. They had not even met him. Yeah. But if you're lamb, and some of you come from the formal Bible college yeah. world, and you've been told to stay away from that fire, because yeah. you were told Acts 2 ended after Acts 3. That's oh. <laughs> what you were told. That's the theology. And they'll even say... All kind of things. But if your lamb ain't roast with fire. John's gospel is the most beautiful, was it not? It is finished. And then you turn the page and the Holy Ghost fell and there's fire. On what? (laughs) On the body. Y'all ain't helping me. That same bunch of formal Baptists will tell you that this is emotionalism. And yet, give them ten minutes and they'll all go contemporary, which is actually nothing but shallow emotionalism. Can I get a witness? Now, when the fire falls, the fire fell on Solomon's temple. What run out of that mount that day? Brother Henderson? nothing but blood. There's ten thousand lambs, bulls, not to mention other sacrifices. There's never so much blood run off of that mount. Never much, so much blood ever run off a sacrificial hill. Brother Kelly, but that day when Solomon dedicated the temple. It's the longest prayer in the Bible. And the fire fell. And the priest could not stand to minister. Let them make fun of our glory services. I've told four people. <laughs> I said we're at church last night from 7 to 11. It's a 7-11 without a Slurpee. But if, I mean found one, i had one. And I said, and no man could stand to preach. Right. Yeah. Well, they mocked that. Well, I got bad news for them. They're mocking the Bible. Right. Yeah. 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 And when that fire fell, there's blood coming off that mountain. Oh, yes. Now, Paul got over there in the last fire he ever built, in Acts 27 and 28, when he got off that island, off that shipwreck. He built fire. What came out? Give me the V word. What came out? A viper. Now, what was the difference? In Solomon's when the fire fell and when Paul's over there on the island with a bunch of barbarians and the fire. The difference is who built fire? God had a foundation upon his holy mount and his fire nothing but blood came out. Pagans built fire, and a viper came out. Now, that fire should have been built. That fire was built by people with a good heart and good intent. The barbarians, the pagans, was trying to help God's man. Paul got in it. But I just want you to know something. When the fire falls on something God started, blood's going to come out. When the fire falls on a lot of what involves pagans and barbarians, vipers are going to come out. I want to say something to you. Some of you boys want revival in your church. I hope you're much a man. When I bump into somebody who's willing to do something more than just a scheduled meeting and they really want God's power, it scares me and I just warn them, you probably don't. Some young, sincere preacher. Well, I want revival. So, really
2: really really you're going to need to know really
0: because you're working probably with a foundation there's going to be more vipers coming out than blood now I think the fire ought to fall just be ready when the viper comes out and when it fastens on your hand there ain't no time to quit Ain't no time to go on social media for the next six months with passive-aggressive posts and your little whiny baby whiny whining. I got dead, We got bed. Write us a little sappy, sentimental, charismatic song. Sing about your valley for about a 13-minute song about your little storm. You Goofball. What you do when a viper comes out of your fire? There's nothing wrong with it. That fire had to be there. Just be ready. Whatever's in that foundation. Kind of watch this, pastor. Pastors, watch this. Let's say you get a family in your church and the fire falls. They've got a godly daddy who had a godly Got a holy mama who had a holy mama, and a sanctified home with consecrated children, and that firefall sacrificial blood will come out. Right. Yeah. It's nothing but a good foundation. Yeah, but but you, and I've had these. I had many of these. You let a family. You let a family when there's just, and I'm not using this as slang or vulgarity. Please, bear, there's been a lot of hell, a lot of devils. A lot of mess a lot of sin and that fire falls on that family and vipers are coming now they need to come out that family needs God just like just like a good family but just be ready because a viper's coming out and if you don't want to be a snake handler you stay away from revival business The average church in the South, y'all, some of y'all impressed with the South. I'm sorry. It's overrated and its day is gone. Brother yeah. Go Adams has testified of this. A 20 camp meetings back in the South that ain't half as good as this, as Grand Junction, Let me tell you something. You get you an old mean church or an old fleshly church, let the fire fall on it, there'll be more vipers come out than sacrifice. We're putting up that Oliver Green's tent in Junction City next year. Now when that fire falls on that town, maybe the Lord's been getting y'all prepped. Y'all been in a some battles because he's prepping you for a war, yeah.
2: but it doesn't give you a little encouragement this year that that God gave you twenty
0: twenty yeah. 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 that fire falls a viper's coming they fasten on you and they'll pump venom in you what Paul done he shook it off some of y'all gonna have to learn to shake some things off they told me about the old mule you've heard this half of you have heard this the old farmer told us was you go up there and kill that mule and take him up there so they went ahead and dug his grave first and tossed him in there and was gonna shoot him like you know they tossed him in there and they are just gonna bury him alive he's down in that grave that old mule And they was throwing the dirt in on top of it. And he kept shaking it off. And stomping it down. They shovel it in, he'd shake it off and stomp it down. (laughs) Y'all ain't helping me. He kept shaking it off and stomping it down. And in a little while he was able to hop out and take off. Oh my. Thank the Lord. Was y'all okay with a ten minute? Infomercial. Luke 17. I'd like for y'all to still be in this thing. I'd like to still be in this thing. Lord help us. Thank you. Amen. Luke 17. All right, I'll try to do this. Not take all night for you. I'd like for you to get it. I know our bodies are wore out. By the way, I'm going to say two things about camp meeting. Your flesh should be wore out. But it'll get rested in a day or two. And then everything your spirit received oh, yeah. will last. Yeah. It yeah. will last. Yeah. Watch this. When these boys tell you, hey, some of these boys in the pulpit just repeating other men, well, now God met with us yesterday, but we need something new today. No, you don't. Well, yesterday's home runs don't win today's ball game. That's a bumper sticker. That ain't a Bible verse. When Jesus knocks a home run, it never lands. It keeps going. It keeps going. He had a home run at Calvary and we didn't even need to play again. (laughs) What God said to you this week will last the rest of your Christian journey. Usually what God says to us is not for now. It's for later. He poured himself and his disciples three and a half years. They didn't understand one thing he said. Told them four times, I'm rising again. When he died, it's all all over. Nobody believed the resurrection. Nobody believed the resurrection. Except the enemies. The devil always believes more than Christians. That's why he's trying to get you to not believe so hard. Because he believes. It. The enemy said, he said
2: We've got to fix this thing. He said he's raising again. The enemies had more faith in
0: Christ's ability. He said, Well, wouldn't that have saved them? No, having faith. And putting your faith in somebody is two different things. Right. Right. Yeah. Believing somebody and then putting your trust in them. Good. A lot of folk looked at the Lord and even believed it. But they did not go over there and give themselves to Him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. Tell you something about camp meeting it's going to last. It's in your spirit. Second thing somebody before Sunday night. You're going to run your mouth about the money. Go ahead, You'll be quoting Judas. Go ahead, that little woman came in there and took the treasure, the only treasure she had, and broke her alabaster box and, and poured out everything. And Judas said, so, To what purpose is this waste? This money could have been taken and given, and, and given to the poor. Somebody before Sunday night in the property of Harvest, the campus of Harvest Baptist on, Church. Is going to say, why did we spend all that money all week long? <laughs> you're quoting Judas. Just keep that in mind. No, you're quoting yeah. Judas. <laughs> Stephen Dagenhart over in Taylorsville is $70,000 for their camp meeting. Two weeks. 35000 a week. To what purpose? That's a year's salary for a fella making good money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a 22-year-old preacher. Walked in there one night, a brand-new church, a brand-new ministry, a brand-new life. Walked in there and heard Mike Bagwell for the first time preach on Colossians 1. On, everything yeah. Christ did for me when he rose from the dead. Marked me forever. you yeah. yeah. ain't helping me. Huh? Don't be quoting Judas around here. You can gain the whole world, just one soul's worth more than all the wealth in the whole world. Bless the Lord. Amen. Y'all doing all right? Second infomercial. Let's see if I can do this in a half hour. Luke seventeen. Verse 1. Then said he unto the disciples. Now if Jesus is talking, I'm going to say we better take notice. It is impossible, but that offenses will come. So he wanted you to know that. You're ready to be offended. The question is, is being offended going to be enough to make you quit. Offenses are coming. Is it going to be enough to make you quit? In this chapter, I've identified several sources of offense. I'm going to try to show them to you. We'll preach accordingly. Speed up when we need to, slow down when we need to. It is impossible that offenses will come. Mm. But woe unto him through whom they come. Y'all with me? I mean, I feel like you are. I was preaching at a great old big great church in South Carolina with a real little bitty congregation. It it hadn't seen its heyday. And there was the most humble pastor and his most godly wife. They were the ones that God called to come take care of it after it was all done. But it wasn't dead. Not yet.
2: God has some people. God has some people who help bury things.
0: Bury things that are precious to him. To me the most spiritual disciple before anybody was filled with the Holy Spirit there was only one disciple who acted spiritual before they were filled with the Spirit and that was John. The book of Acts if I was God in charge the book of Acts John would have been the Pentecost preacher and the apostle to the Gentiles. But God gave it to a mouth named Simon and a murderer named Paul. And he took his best disciple, and gave him a one-person rest-home ministry.
2: He said, John, you're the only one that loves me enough to do something this little. But it's only little to everybody else. It's real big to me. That's my mama. Then you're not going to be in the book of Acts. You're not going to be in the history book. You're not going to make history. In this world. But I need you to take care of Mama. And you're the only one that loves me enough that I can trust to do this little
0: thing and not get deterred, distracted, or discouraged. So take Mama and just help her. Oh, she's done. There ain't nothing going to be done. We're done doing things. She's served her purpose. I just need somebody to take care of her till she dies. Y'all quit judging each other on results and stuff. Some men have been called just to take care of something until it's dead. And it's already seen its day. What he told Isaiah, I want you to go to a people that will not listen to you. You read the book of Isaiah, one of the best preachers he had in the Old Testament. I need you to go to a place where nobody's going to get saved because I ain't going to let them. They didn't teach this in Soul Winning 101. They've already rejected, so now I'm not let them receiving. But I still want you to preach to them. And none of them is going to get right or get saved. They didn't teach that at the you-know-what school. You didn't get your church in that one page of the most baptisms. Y'all need to quit judging this thing by men's standard. Now, if that brother over there do something, that's him, i have well, hush. He may be John the Beloved. He may be burying something that's already done, but the Lord loves it. You need somebody to escort it out into eternity. see, that well done crown ain't got nothing to do with how big or how little your ministry was. (laughs) On the same token, now don't be mad at Peter and Paul. God asked them to do great old big things while John was doing real little bitty things. But he took the best he had to do the least that he had. We were done with that vessel. She was the law that brought in Christ. The bride was the church. God said, I need you two fellers. Mouth and murderer. Come here. Simon Peter, if you quit cussing for a minute, I'm going to have you preach Pentecost.
2: (laughs) Y'all ain't helping me.
0: So I was in South Carolina. And This is a beautiful brick facility, pillars, glorious old southern tradition, heritage, great old independent, Baptist old, had been a powerhouse. But now, help me with my work, bear with me with my terminology, a little old preacher and his little old wife who knew everything. They knew it was all done, but they knew
2: they were in the will of God. And I read this verse,
0: but woe unto him through whom they come. And they went to squalling, and he's not an emotional guy. And I made this statement. I said, uh, offenses are coming. And when they come, just stop for a minute and thank God that you're not the one that's offending people. That God did something to make you not be the person that was hurting everybody else. He went to shake him with sobs. They'd just been stabbed and savaged and ravaged by a pack of wolves. By the way, sheep never. Period. <laughs> and they just went to shaking. So, she had a twenty minutes. We had to just stop and call recess. They'd just been really, actually hurt. Of course, you wouldn't hear it from them, because people who've been hurt never t- tell it. All that social media bunch talking about how bad they hurt. If you was really hurt, you wouldn't be on social media talking. About it. Boy, I ain't got time to go there. Frontliners ain't whiners. The only way you can get hurt in this war is to be on the front line. And people on the front line done studied Calvary long enough and they run to the front line. And they rejoice and leap when men persecute them. Oh, man. It's impossible. Now I need to talk to you about offenses for a moment. Offenses don't have anything really to do with your feelings. To be offended, we've watered down all of our words, and y'all thinking you got your feelings hurt. To be offended has nothing to do with your feelings. It has everything to do with your fallings. When someone is offended, they have been stumbled and stopped and been knocked down or tripped up and fell down. Y'all ain't helping me. Great peace have they which and nothing shall offend them. That doesn't mean that godly people never get their feelings hurt. Godly people suffer great, for all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall persecution. We get wounded all the time. It's a life of being wounded. So what does it mean? Great peace have they which love thy law and nobody ever hurts their feelings or attacks their life. No, it means great peace have they which love thy law and ain't nothing going to stop them. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be nothing that'll cause them to fall down and stay down. Offenses has to do with your fallings. Don't you make a little one, he said. (laughs) Don't be offending them little Don't make a little one stumble and fall. I'm going to say this see if y'all say amen I want to be careful that I don't know anything about falling down but when I do I don't want to stay down let's quote the Bible and that King James is the only one you can quote did you ever notice that the others are easier to read but impossible to quote you'll pull out a rubber dagger is what you'll do trying to jab the devil with your ESV NIV RSV You'll be quoting man, and that little rubber sword'll just crumble up. But old people that can't remember their name and young kids that are not old enough to read can quote that King James Bible. Mm. A just man falleth seven times and riseth. I don't want to be falling down. I don't want to be falling out. I don't want to be falling by the wayside. And in this hour of apostasy, I sure don't want to be falling away. Amen. Okay, here's your sources. Can I give you all of them? And then I'll preach what needs to be preached. Number one, here's some things that can cause you to fall. Verse three, I'm going to give them all to you right off the bat. And then we'll preach whatever you need. Verse three, take heed to yourselves if thy brother Trespass against thee, Circle brother. And I'll say number one. Here's something that causes a lot of people in the church to fall out and fall away. It's when you get in a conflict with a brother. Talk to me. Number two. Come down to verse seven. Oh, my, but which of you having a servant? Circle the word servant. In the next several verses, you're going to see how the master treats you. In the next several verses, you're going to see how the ministry treats you. So I'm going to say number two. I don't have all these worked out in my head. I've been preaching it six months. They won't work out in my head, so I'm not trying to make them work out in my head. This one right here is how the master might be treating you. We're going to see who's a real servant. Because this servant here, he plows and feeds cattle all day long, and then when he's done, uh, he's not done. Because verse 8 says, now you're going to make supper. You worked all day, you're not done. Second mile, now you're going to make supper. And then the third hurdle, is he tells him, oh, you think you're going to eat first? No, you're going to eat last. And then, and then the verse, verse number, whoop, what, 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 verse 9. Does he thank that servant? We're going to see if you need to be appreciated and recognized. Talk to me. And then we're going to need you to testify in the next verse. I want you to say something. After you've plowed all day, After you come in and you had to go a second mile and make supper. After you were told, you will not be first, you will be last. And after nobody thanked you. Oh, y'all ain't with me. Then we need you to testify. It needs to sound something like this. I'm an unprofitable servant. (laughs) Okay, number three. See, the ministry is going to get a lot of you. The brother to get some of you that trespass you. Then you come down to verse 11. There's 10 lepers that got healed and only one of them in verse 15 turned back. Are y'all still with me? You're doing good. Verse 17, where they not Jesus said, where they not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? You're going to lose 90% of the people you ever tried to help. And you need to be willing to settle for the tithe. God does. And so unthankful people,
2: unthankful people who leave you after you help them, is that going to be enough to knock you
0: out? Keep going. Y'all doing all right? Okay, what are we on? That brother and then that master and then unthankful people. And then in verse 20, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, there are self-righteous religious people down at the church where you go who will try to kill you and never even realized that they did wrong. Circle Pharisees. I said there are self-righteous religious people who run the temple. And Jesus said in John 16, they'll try to kill you. They will kill you and tell everybody they did God's service. So I want to ask you something. Pharisees who are out to kill you while appearing to be the best church members. Is that going to be enough to knock you out? Are y'all with me? Isn't this a good chapter? I mean, the Lord's carried this camp meeting through everything. We've touching it, and He's wanted us to leave here with a practical but very spiritual word. Pharisees. Alright? Then come down to verse five. First he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation, as it was in the days of Noah. Do y'all see verse twenty six? Do you see verse 28? Like was as it was in the days of Lot. Circle this generation. Are you going to be able to survive what this generation is going to do to you? I'm talking about the baby killers and the demon possessed transgenders. Come on now. Noah was about pleasure. Lot's day was about perversion. In Noah's day, you had, you had sons of God coming in the daughters of men. I personally believe that was fallen angels. I believe that was demonic. I believe that was, that, that was devils trying to take over women. And then the days of Lot's opposite. It was men trying to sleep with angels. They're opposite. Noah's day, you had devils going after women. Lot's day. They didn't want the women. He put his two daughters out there. Can you believe that you, me and you are living an hour when, when people are supposed to know God are giving their daughters to the devils? But those men were wanting... Pastor, I'm going to use a little rough language here. I'll be appropriate. but we got to, Those men were wanting to rape those two angels. And I want to say this. Brother, we're living in an hour. It's the days of Noah and the days of Lot. There's so much interaction with devils in this hour. Are you going to survive it? I'll tell you one thing. The reason God is breaking a lot of people across this country from our dead, formal Baptist churches is because you can't handle it with that empty junk. But Adam, the direction some of you men have gone, Brother Rudd, what you're hungry for, there's either two directions. You're either going to, Cash in and go with a big contemporary church and drop everything you've ever had and end up in hell with you and all of yours or you're going to go Holy Ghost. Can't play church no more. You're either going contemporary or you're going Holy Ghost. That's the hour. Can you, can you take what this generation And I think there's one more. There's one more, Brother Kelly, in here. Look in verse 32. Remember Lot's wife. Lot tried to get out. Lot tried to save his family. But his wife wouldn't go with him. God judged her, turned her into a pillar of salt. Turned the whole area into salt. It's the Dead Sea. I never saw something. Brother Kelly, never seen this. You go into the next verses. Brother Hanks, and it says, Two. Two, in verse 34, two men in one bed. I think they were servants that was like sleeping in the barn and working all these. The one should be taken, the other left. Two women should be grinding. I think they're down there grinding corn and wheat. They're grinding together. The one should be taken, they're the other left. Two men should be in the field. The one taken, they're the other left. I never tied in those two people going two different directions to Lot's wife. But the whole thing is a lot of people are married to somebody who's going a different direction than they are. And one of the greatest things, one of the greatest trials you'll ever face is when your spouse is not in this thing with you. I've been preaching this for six months in most of the meetings I'm in. There's probably not a greater trial than that secret trial. David danced with the nation down Main Street on the day that the glory returned and the arch of the covenant. But he's married to Saul's daughter. The Bible, Brother Kelly, am I right? The Bible never called her anything but Saul's daughter. Would not identify her as David's wife. She married to him, but she wasn't in his family. She was Saul's daughter. And, and the day, the greatest day of his life, Returned
2: the ark to Jerusalem and danced down Main Street with the nation.
0: But his wife, she was on another side. Right. She was behind the window. She was in a high place. It's always a demonic place. She's in one of them high places. Yeah. And she was looking at, and she despised the worship. Right. Yo, so, uh, 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 out west, can I just spit out some truth? There's a lot of circles and camps and groups out here that despise worship and praise. You might want to be real careful. Michael despised David dancing down Main Street that day. God never let her have a baby. You ain't gonna be able to. You ain't gonna be able to birth no life in this world when you've done been around the glory and you despised it. He'll dry your womb. Up. You'll have to go contemporary and get a hundred little old teenage girls dancing to rock music to like you on Facebook, and then to do a little fake prayer with you at the end of some fake service. Y'all ain't helping me. You got to make up all them. Ba- you got to make it up. Ain't gonna be no real birthing. But David, he had to end that day. She was waiting on him. She had thrown her hip out about twenty miles. He came in the door from the greatest day of God in his life. He was met by Rosie O'Donnell, Hillary Clinton, Jane Fonda, all the old-timers say amen right there. Nancy Pelosi, everybody on The View, Madonna and every Britney thing that ever followed her. He was met by Saul's. Wasn't you something today? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Brother Kelly. He had to be met and the man had to live with a wife who was totally off on a whole nother page. And a lot of people in the ministry and in the church world Living with somebody who's in another world than them. And brother, if anything will be so discouraging. It's right here. And I never tied that together, brother. I can't remember Lot's wife because Lot got out, but she didn't. And then he said, two will be in there, but one taking one left. Two will be in there,
2: one taking one left. Two will be in there, one taking one left. There,
0: one taking one left. You want to preach that one first? Work her way back to some stuff? I don't have much more to say about it other than several things. But I'll I, I say this to you. If you're married to an unbeliever, 1 Corinthians 7, don't leave them. Love them. And Simon Peter said, by your chaste conversation, they might be won over. And then 1 Corinthians 7 said, it, but if they leave, let them... You're not under bondage in such cases. That's what he said. What you going to do to that spouse? David didn't leave her. God left her. Mm. Mm. Three stories running through my soul. Four stories. You know, one of the Wesley brothers was married to the meanest woman ever lived. It wasn't John, but it was Charles. She's crazy mean. He'd be in his place of prayer and she'd come and jump on his back and pound him with a fist. I could name some names that are heroes in our history of fundamentalists. They were married to women who gave them the pure devil. But you didn't know about it until they were gone and only their friends knew. Name some name, but I wouldn't do it. It it would actually distract from this sermon. (laughs) Amen. Let me tell you something. You're married to a spouse that's despising the glory of God in your life. You're just going to to turn all that over to God. That's what David did. David said to her, I want you to understand something, wife. If you thought that was something today, you ain't seen nothing yet. You're going to have to determine that you're going to keep serving God more than ever before, even if they won't. And then number two, he said, God gave me this kingdom when he was done with your daddy. And I studied the originals, and he said... Put that in your little pipe and smoke it. I think that was one of my word studies. I I wrote it down anyway in a notebook. Oh, I was married. I was married. I was pastor. I was pastor of a woman. I was pastor of a woman that was married. I was pastor of a woman that was married one of the meanest men I've ever been around and and she'd come he was a drunk he was 310 pounds and none of it jiggled his calf was like an elephant his neck was somewhere down behind his sternum his head weighed 110 easy by itself his earlobes had muscles He'd sneeze and his ears looked like, Flex! (laughs) The mean man. Brother Stephen, he'd let her come to church. Her name was Beverly Creighton. And, uh, oh, she's the sweetest little thing you've ever seen. She was about five foot one, any way you pulled the tape measure (laughs) up, down, sideways, angles. She's just five foot around, up, over. She was fluffy. All grandmas should be fluffy. If your grandma puts on yoga pants and does aerobic exercises down at the gym, ask God to give you another grandma. Grandma's supposed to be fat and fluffy, baking something, cooking something, hugging something. Help me now. If you got a little jogging granny, ask God to remove her and give you a good one. All grandmas are supposed to be able to be hugged and feel no bones. I know some of you are skinny by nature, but hang out with me and a couple of evangelists. We'll fix that for you. She was fluffy. Oh, she was the sweetest thing in our church. She'd crochet little crosses, little old tacky crafts. They was all tacky. You wouldn't have wanted to put them nowhere, but she gave you all this every Sunday. She'd come in because she loved the church. She'd make little magnets and stuff on it. It wasn't even near professional, but it had the Holy Ghost on it.
2: And she'd she'd bounce through the parking lot, wobble, and put them on the back of everybody's vehicle with tears. Made something for you. She had no money.
0: (laughs) She'd come to the revival. She'd come to the camp meeting, but she'd bleed for it. He would beat her she knew it was coming Sundays and Wednesdays he was up he had got that was okay because he was accustomed to Sunday and Wednesday But when she'd come on a Monday a Tuesday he didn't know where she was he'd be liquored up and he'd beat her and so when she came to church in these meetings she was already weeping Hebrew said you've not yet resisted unto blood, but she did. She's shedding blood to be in that service. Yeah. Now you think I was gonna let some little old independent former Bible college fellow structure my service when she's paying that big of a price to come?
2: <laughs> come on, brother.
0: Honey, we kicked the traces off and made it worthwhile. <laughs> I went to see him one time. Holy Ghost told me go preach to him. I went over to the house, his little his double wide trailer in the swamp. I called her, said I'm coming. Said, oh preacher, oh preacher! I walked in there and he went berserk like the Tasmanian <clears throat> devil. He really did. He went to spinning and smashing things, and he was swearing and cursing and <clears throat> busting everything. And he went through the rooms. He's spinning and smashing God never let him touch me. I come in, I stood in one spot. She held my hand. Me and her stood there. And I preached. Preached about, about 12 minutes. Preached out loud. Yeah. Preached a message. He was spinning, shouting, screaming, berserk, going through the rooms. And he'd come by me, never even look at me. He just went ballistic the whole time. And I preached. And she wept. She wept out loud. I preached out loud. He cussed out loud. wish you could have seen it. If he'd ever connected, he'd have have broke stuff. He'd have injured me pretty badly. He was more powerful at that moment in that demon power than a bulldozer. (laughs) And I just preached. Filled the house with preaching. Left, hugged her and prayed with her. He'd never quit going crazy and left. And she cried, that, "I'm so sorry,
2: preacher. What you say? I'm so sorry." It's fine, Miss Beverly.
0: It's fine. Well, I resigned the church and left, gone, been in evangelism 15 years when I got the phone call. <laughs> Aren't you glad you get them phone calls? Here came the phone call. It was from down in Florida. Brother John, Miss Jessica is down there, them swamp roads outside of Lottie, And they said, You'll never guess who got saved last night.
2: You'll never guess who went to meeting and got saved. Yeah. Paul Creighton. Amen. <laughs> I talked to somebody a year later down there, and, I said, and they, I said, Paul Creighton, tell me about him. He said, All he does is cry he cries so he cries daily and all he does is tell
0: everybody that he got saved he got saved he got saved and yeah! all he does is go around town he goes around town and he cries and tells everybody I got saved I got saved oh Lord
2: I'll tell you women this that are married to somebody that's not on in your world God will be a husband to you. He'll be a help
0: to you. He'll be a hedge to you. And out yonder after a while, he'll do whatever needs to be done. It'll be right. It'll be good. For you men that are married to a spouse, you're the head. And if you'll get with God, if if that head, the body has no choice, where that head goes Dr. Bagwell told us years ago something I noticed about my head everywhere my head goes my body does too your heart your heart is below your head. The woman's under the man. And wherever that head decides to go, that heart ain't got no choice. It's going to go with it. What was wrong with Lot and his wife? It's where he took her. He took her to Sodom.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm. You don't know why Lot couldn't get his wife right with God? Because Lot didn't get right with Abraham.
2: That's right, true. Amen. Yes.
0: Yeah. If Lot would have got right with Abraham. He could have got right with God. Yeah. And then his heart. He could have got his heart right. She was You don't know how Abraham took his wife to a wrong place but survived? He went down to Egypt. And the devil got his wife. She's over there in the harem. The heathen king. God said, get up out of here. He didn't have to come and drag him out. Abraham got out and God got his wife out. And the Lord went, Abraham took his wife out of Egypt. Lot took his wife into Sodom. That's why the one could save his and the other couldn't save his. Mm. Spouse. You may have to live with something, but you can. God's bigger than anything, happening. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Go to verse 25. Can you handle this generation? Mm, mm, mm. You better. Right. Right. I'm going to say this. And I'll probably be here in just 15 seconds. This is a demon-possessed... More devils interacting. You want to know how God had no problem killing the entire generation when he came down there to Noah in the flood? Because they all belonged to hell. They weren't his kids anymore. They were the devil's kids. When the Lord comes back at the second coming, he's going to be able to judge all of them because they're not his. His will be spared. You better make sure you belong to him. And you're not part of this generation. Yeah. Amen. People bother me that can't separate from the world. Probably because you ain't never been brought out. I'm heading for the end. Go back up there to verse 20. We're going backwards. The Pharisees. Good night. There's Now I've got four sub-points. On a Pharisee. Look what Pharisees do Y'all think we can do this in sixty seconds? You think I can get four sub points in sixty seconds? Watch it. Here we go. you gonna buy me a milkshake if I do it. <clears throat> Brother Dow, you you watch the clock. Other people are not allowed. <clears throat> and give me give me some liberty on that clock. <laughs> Verse twenty. Pharisees would demand of you. I'm glad the, I'm glad the Lord don't make demands. Yeah. He offers commands and then see what you do with them. That's right. Pharisees, are people down at the church that a demand. In chapter eighteen, there and and y'all help me alliterate this, there's Pharisees who'll despise. Look in eighteen ten. Hurry. I've only got fifty seconds left. <laughs> chapter eighteen ten. Two men went up in the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The, the Pharisee stood and praised it. I thank thee. And he lied to God. Yeah. I am not as other men are. Can you believe that man told that lie? You are like everybody else. Romans 9 and 10 11 said we're all clay out of the same lump. There wasn't a horrible pit and then a heavenly pit. There was just a horrible pit, and that's where he found all of us. Amen. Pharisees would demand down there. At your church, they'll despise you down there that church. They'll look down on you like this publican. Go back to sixteen. Go back to sixteen. Mm. Verse fourteen. Are y'all in sixteen fourteen? Hurry! I've only got thirty-five seconds left. Thirty-two. Are y'all in sixteen fourteen? And the Pharisees also who were covetous What? What? Covetous? Oh, that's the only commandment you can't see people break oh, yeah. oh, Think about that right there. Oh, The yeah. Ten Commandments are in here somewhere Are they right around that corner? Oh, yeah, I've been in there all week <laughs> I knew I was reading them somewhere I need all the old people to help me. You turn 50, you're just hunting the nearest potty all the time. Am I right? Am I right? So I've been in there, and i have reading the Ten Commandments this week. And it's the only commandment that other people cannot see you break. The other nine, we could see you. That said they derided him. They have demand. They'll despise. They will deride. Derision! Go to 15. What are they doing over here? Well, they're doing a lot of things. In verse 2, they're murmuring. This man receives sinners. In verse 28, they're angry and will not go in. Hey, y'all. Everybody look at me a second. I'll tell you something about going to church. Yeah. You're going to go to church with Pharisees. Right. Yeah. right. Yes, sir. Amen. You're right, In My alliteration, I'm not, this is not a cuss word, Pastor. I'm, it's a, I'm using it on purpose. They will damn. They will, they will, they will, they will right. utter damnation on you. Right. Yeah. This man receiveth sinners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They will fi- try to find fault condemned the elder would not celebrate with that he was condemning the prodigal for him he was condemning the father for celebrating the he's condemning the party Pharisees will condemn this week we're down here celebrating we're a bunch of old sinners and he let us come on pardon us we know we ain't perfect but we're forgiven we're pardoned we're here and there's music yeah. and celebration and some of you still don't like your shouting at harvest. Said so they heard music and dancing. It wasn't the boot scootin' boogie it wasn't the contemporary charismatic. It was music and dancing. And then Pharisees. Here's what a Pharisee will do. They'll try to kill you in your own church. And they'll tell other people, I'm the godly one and he needs to be killed. What Pharisees do.
2: You're
0: right. mm. all right, I need to tell a story. Y'all all right? Last night, we'll sleep next month. <laughs> Daddy is pastoring in Tennessee. Took a little, drove away from the rich church in Atlanta. God said no. Daddy said no. A little block building in the hills. God said yes. Daddy said yes. Can I get a witness? Turned out Atlanta was full of heroin needles, but Tennessee was full of pine needles. God may not be treating you like you want to be treated, but he's saving your childrens. what he's doing. Y'all ain't helping me. The little block building in your life, be because there's pine needles out back for your youngins. The big rich church the devil's trying to sell you is because there's heroin needles. The rich man's dope. I had so much sin in me. God had to hide me. I'd have been within a hundred yards of any sin. I'd have been in the middle of it. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I had a daddy who wasn't in it for the money. Yeah. Hey. Oh! Yeah. Right down the road from Charles Stanley's church. Go ahead. And Yusuf Aberdeen, whoever that is, he's got a big church over there. I was... 12 turning 13. At 13, first mention of 13 in your Bible has also got the war in the same verse. 13 when the war starts. That's why they take them to church when they're 12 in the Bible. Amen.
2: Amen. And my war was started. And Daddy said, no
0: to Sandy Springs and Six Figures and Clout. Daddy didn't need clout. Daddy wanted cloud.
1: <laughs> not clout.
2: Daddy followed the cloud, not the clout. And he drove me away from heroin needles. Put me out there, and all we could find was pine needles. Some of y'all wondering how come your ministry don't look like nothing, and why are we over here? Because God loves your family. Amen. Abraham headed
0: out in the wilderness. Headed out in the wilderness. Lot headed to town and lost his daughters. Abraham went to the wilderness. Amen. He kept his only beloved son. Well, took that church in Tennessee. No carpet, no windows. It was supposed to have been a gas station. God made it a fueling station. I'll skip the story of the church. God blessed it, blossomed it, prospered it, flourished. Took my kids over there the other day to the old baptizing hole, and they got five buildings. Everything paid for. I told my
2: kids. Me and your papa built that auditorium. Me and your papa put that parsers there. Me and your papa put that school there.
0: Y'all ain't helping me. Mm. Starvation, rations. I remember walking back across the yard because two Pharisees scoffed in the little business meeting. Dad didn't want to be a dictator. He ran the thing, but When it was time for a money and a raise, you know, it's pastor's hands are tied. They're at the mercy of the people. If you go in there and say, I need money, they're like, I ain't after money. That's funny. You work for money all week, and you're mad that he wants some, needs some. Why are you praying for a raise, you hypocrite, rascal, skunk? Go ahead.
2: Turn that Christmas bonus into offering if you ain't
0: after money. They said, two men, wealthy men, laughed, scoff, no, I can't give the preacher a raise. And they drove to the steakhouse and we walked to the parson's house that we bought for $1,500. It had been storing hay in it and did it And we went to our baloney. I'm telling you the truth. I remember it vividly right now. Baloney and white bread. And they all went to town. And I wanted to go to town. They would get ice cream. They would go to Shawnee's. And I wanted to go to town with all of them Sunday night. It good. But we went to our baloney Because the money was there, but the Pharisees were there. Y'all ain't helping me. But let me tell you, today where that man's children and grandchildren are. Let me tell you where the four daughters are. I don't even want to tell you.
2: It's as bad as you can think, and some of it's worse. That's where all four of them daughters are. Two of them are living with the same man in the back of the woods. Let me tell you where my sister
0: Alicia is. Go
1: ahead, (laughs)
0: Married to one of the finest princes yes. of a man, a yes. prince of a man. Yes. Let me tell you where all my brothers yeah. in the ministry. I ain't saying everybody's perfect. Enough. Everybody in the ministry. Yeah. Let me tell you where little sister. Let me tell you where we are. <laughs> Let me tell you where mom and daddy are. yeah,
2: preacher. Yeah. Help lady,
0: <laughs> you may eat bologna after the Pharisees while well, they eat steak but in a little while Boy, yeah. in a little while yeah, yeah.
1: in a little while yeah, yeah.
0: Pharisees will be roasting in a 2 part of hell Boy, yeah. while you're walking a gold street with yeah. your Savior. That's true. You be careful you're not a Pharisee one of them through whom offenses come. The right. Bible said woe. Right. If you want to find all the woes in the Gospels they're over there in Matthew 21 and 22 where the Pharisees are. Right. You go count how many woes he put on Pharisees. Religious people at church who don't mind hurting and killing other people. Pharisees. I'm nearly done. Y'all doing okay? All right. Boy, I come right in at 57 seconds. Wasn't that something? Sir, that was. (laughs) Dial's keeping time. well let's close let's close on a couple of things here what about you brother let's read verse 3 you got four minutes for me read verse 3 if thy brother trespass against thee go tell everybody else for the next two years how bad he is let's try again. That was my ESV. I thought this was the early service. If thy brother trespass against thee, go on social media and do passive-aggressive posts for the next nine months and air your grievances while hiding behind a verse out of a song. You little girly hypocrite. Teenage girls live on social media. What are you doing on? Probably messing with the girls. Go ahead. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. Yeah. And if he repent, forgive him. Yeah. Do you all know why that most Christians can't rebuke their brother? Because they're not living right themselves. Right. You can't give a rebuke when you need a rebuke. If you're in need of a rebuke, you'll never have a good rebuke in you. Open rebukes better than secret love. The reason you can't give a rebuke is because you need a rebuke. You know why the average Christian brother can't go rebuke his brother when he trespasses against him? Because two words later, an inch later, it says if you forgive him. Rebuke him and forgive him is in the same verse. The reason you can't go rebuke him because there's no forgiveness in you. That rebuke won't work if that forgiveness ain't there. They're that far apart, Turner. Rebuke him. And then just run over and forgive him. If you ain't ready to forgive him, you can't rebuke him. It won't be possible for you to rebuke him if you're not ready to forgive him that much later.
2: I've got to rebuke you for what you've done. I'm so ready to forgive you. What's that close to it?
0: You can't forgive him if you don't repent. You can have forgiveness in your heart, but you can't give it until he receives it. You know, nobody could embrace that prodigal till he came home. All these prodigals out there hollering, nobody loves me. Get back over here and we will. Yeah,
2: amen. Yeah.
0: Our arms were open when you left. Our arms are open tonight. Our arms will be open when you get here. If you'll come here, we can. We can if you'll come here. Come back. Come back. We miss you. We love you. We're so ready to forgive you. Where are you? I can't find you. I hadn't seen you.
1: You're gone. I'd forgive you if you'd show up anywhere. I have forgiveness for you, but I don't know where you are.
0: The Father never went after the prodigal, the Father never sent the elder. After the prodigal. If you left, you got to come back. Well, the pastor won't go visit them. Find the mud puddle and blow bubbles. Get on social media and hang out with rebellious teenage girls. That's where you belong. That's what you are. the church won't go see them because they're a devil, a skunk, and a reprobate and we're not supposed to go fetch them till they come back. That's Bible. If he repent, you got to have forgiveness that close to your rebuke. But he's the only thing standing between the rebuke and the forgiveness. It's his repentance. It's the only thing. We can't forgive you. We can't find you. And if we was to find you, it wouldn't be you. When he came to himself, he wasn't in himself. He wasn't himself. He wasn't himself. himself. Go find these people. They're not their self. When he came to himself, if we could find you, we couldn't forgive you, you wouldn't be
2: there. You've left. You left your own self.
0: And he came to himself. Then he came to his father. Y'all get mad at the elder all you want for how he acted. I want to show you something. The father would not go out for the prodigal. But he did go out for the elder.
2: Yes, he did, preacher. Yes, did. The elder was out there on that front porch and he would not go in.
0: But the father came out.
1: Yes,
0: well, he did. What's the difference? Father came out for the one that never left out. Right. Yeah, Amen. Right right I said, the Father will go out for the one that never left out.
2: Yeah, Sean, you never left me, so I'm going to find you. He ain't in here. I got two sons. The prodigal, and everybody loved him before. He was the favorite. He had a great personality. He was here. They're having a party. I got another son. He ain't in Who's my boy good night i just got one back and i've lost another but that other never left out so i'm going out
0: i'm going to go out and find him and he went out to the one that would not go out on him he just put his arm around him and he said son And they got into a real heavy conversation. It got so heavy, he just closed the chapter. And no conclusion. Nobody knows how the conversation ended. Nobody knows what the conclusion was because it wasn't none of your business. That boy didn't do his sinning in public and God wasn't going to do his restoring in public. That boy's issues were private and he stayed home so God just closed the door. None of y'all business. This boy here ain't never left me. Y'all about to go on down to the next chapter. and me and you going to talk without none of the rest of the world ever knowing what happened
2: <laughs> how bad did he get what kind of whooping did he get yeah. we don't know because it was all private that boy never left out And God, just listen I'm going to leave
0: y'all out of this yeah. this boy stayed and this, been, this is staying between yeah. me and him this is staying between yeah. me and him yeah. and if you want to know how it went he did start it with son he wanted y'all to hear that <laughs> Son, you ain't lost a thing. All that I have is that. He did want y'all to hear that. Son, you ain't lost a thing. Now let's work through this. I know you're angry. I know you got issues. Hey, what are y'all doing looking? This boy stayed with me. Get out of here. And they went back there and worked it all out hey, man. all right oh we need to quit and man I've been up here at least 36 minutes at least well Just this servant. Just this servant. I said, son, had a servant. Plowing. Going the second mile. Don't have to be thanked. Verse nine, don't even have to thank him. The boy plowed all day. The boy went the second mile, made supper. Then the boy had to eat last. How are, how are y'all doing on coming in last? Would that be all right if you just came in last? And then in the next, after you after you come in last and nobody thanks you, how you doing on that? How you doing on that? And then after nobody thanked you for all the hurdles you cleared all day long, we need you to testify. And we need you to say this: I'm no good. I'm not worthy. I shouldn't even be allowed to be here. Thank you for letting me plowing today. Thank you for letting me make supper. Thank you for letting me eat. I know, I know I ate last, but I can't believe you let me eat. I should be in hell and y'all let me eat.
2: After you let me serve you. We're heading for a supper where there's going to be a nail scarred hand. One on your shoulder and one giving you a plate.
0: How you doing on that? And then, and then after all that, nobody thanked you. When you needed to testify. And say, I'm not worthy. You said, why would you? Isn't that cruel to treat somebody like that? Well, let me ask you this. What's your other option? What would be the other testimony? I'm a profitable servant. Y'all need to be glad I'm here. I am worthy of recognition. Did y'all not see what a great Christian I am? I'm somebody. How dare you treat me like nothing? I'm something. That's the only other option. You go down that trail of being nothing or you go down that trail of being something. The last person acted like that and messed everything up was Lucifer. I deserve that throne. Who do you think you are, son of God. I want that throne. I close with this. Brother Adams come strum the guitar. I was in Thailand and I got back studying, read a story of a missionary over there where I'd been and some Americans businessmen and some preachers made a missions trip an old boy trying to have church up on a hill and and they looked down there one day and one of the members of the church, the father was plowing on them rice paddies and his 18 year old son was the one pulling the plow in the traces that belonged to the water buffalo the ox and America, did y'all ever know Americans have an arrogance about them? Those men weren't in the most spiritual group. And the couple of them began to laugh. What kind of primitive people do you have treating that boy like an animal? That boy's plowing like he's the animal. They were mocking the poverty of it. And the lowliness of it. That 18-year-old boy. And around they could see in the fields, water buffalo were pulling the other. But this boy, his daddy, his old daddy, and they were church members. And that boy was pulling that plow. And that missionary just went ahead and told them. He said, I need to tell you all something. They had a water buffalo. They had a water buffalo. But our little church needed a roof.
2: And the boy told his daddy Let's sell the let's sell the buffalo that pulls the plough
0: and put a roof on the church and I'll pull the plow. I'll pull the plough. I'll be the I'll be treated like an ant. I'll make myself like a beast. Hey, do y'all reckon that boy might just plow all day and not grumble? Do you think a boy like that might come home and say, Mom and Dad, let me make supper for you, you're getting old. I've plowed all day, but I make supper. Dad, you eat first. I can see somebody like that acting like that, couldn't you? Do yeah. you reckon that boy needed to be appreciated to keep going? On his own, he
2: became the mule the buffalo.
0: Nobody had to say, oh, you're wonderful. He doesn't met somebody who he thought was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you reckon
2: when that boy testified in his church that he stood up and said, well, they tell y'all what
0: I've done. Come
2: on, Come on. <laughs> no, not a boy like that he probably doesn't even testify I'm so glad that God sent us a missionary I'm glad we got rice to plow
0: some of y'all can't take nothing in the ministry everything makes you whine and fret good night I've probably preached an hour and a half You're wore out in the meeting. Good night. Isn't it wonderful? Bow your heads. Come and pray. Anything going to make you quit over the next year? Anything going to make you fall out? Everybody stand. Make it easy to move. Come and pray.